0: Hello and welcome to episode 12 of series 3 of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. This is the show for employee engagers and internal communicators who like to keep up to date with all that is new in our profession. My name's Craig Smith from The Big Picture People. Well, welcome to this, our second anniversary episode. We started the podcast two years ago. Our first episode went out on the 16th of June 2020, right in the depths of the first year of the uh, of the pandemic. So it's great. We've got seven, this is our 75th episode that we've put out. And uh, it's been fantastic speaking to so many brilliant guests over those two years. And um, I'm going to do something today that I've not done before on the show. Show, and that's good to give a couple of shout outs. We do get a lot of feedback and um, people get getting in touch with us, telling us that they found the show useful and helpful, but also um, people who get in touch with us to say, could we cover different topics? And we always try and we try and accommodate those and cover as many different topics as we can. But I got two really nice messages recently from two fantastic listeners who, who've listened to the podcast and contacted me to say, how grateful they were and that they'd found the episodes really useful and they're regular listeners. So first is Alex Kinneamela. Thank you very much, Alex, for your lovely comments. Uh, Alex's group group communications manager at Doncaster's group we had a great conversation with her as well uh, uh, Alex rang me up and, and to, to give me some feedback and, and to thank me for the show but also we had a really really interesting conversation and it was great speaking to you Alex and the second person I'd like to mention who reached out via LinkedIn and again was really really kind and generous with her feedback was Sarah Vanderveer uh, Sarah is, is the internal comms uh, lead at Nestle uh, she's in, based in St. Louis St. Louis missouri um so fantastic to to get feedback from our international listeners as well and it's great to, to hear that that you you finding the show useful it's kind of why i do it it's it's what it's all about and, it, and it's it's great to get that feedback so if any of you else would like a shout out if you want to get in touch and uh, and and um and and give some feedback and I'll, uh, I'll 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 give you a mention on one of our future episodes just just to say thank you for uh, for for getting in touch and uh, if you do want to get in touch? us the easiest way to do that is to email me at the info at the big uh, uh, There is a, a link also on uh, engaging IC on the podcast page on our website where you can. Uh, there is also a contact form where you can get in touch there as well. So, um so looking forward, what have we got coming up in the next couple of episodes? So, on the fifth of July, I have a really great interview with a chap called. Adam Collins. Now Adam is a, a podcaster too. He has the Eat, Lunch and Board Game podcast and I came across Adam. We were connected through a podcast um, uh, meetup service that that we uh, we both subscribe to where, where it puts people in touch with each other who have interesting podcasts that are similar where they can collaborate and Adam reached out to me and um, uh, we, we had a great conversation about how he's using board games in his organisation to get better conversations going. He's not an internal communicator, he's actually has a technical role but he's passionate about board games and he saw a great opportunity to use off the shelf board games just to make people feel more connected with with each other. So it's a really nice conversation with, with someone who's used his passion for a hobby that he has to actually make his workplace better and I think it's a really really nice warming story that he'll be sharing with us and then the episode after that on the 19th of July is an interview with Leslie Ullman from Ullman Communication and Leslie's got a really nice simple but very very deep and effective framework which she's going to be sharing with us and it's nominally the ABCDE of internal communication so I know internal communicators like tools and techniques that they can use uh, in uh, in their practice that are relatively easy to 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 uh, to apply and remember, and that's a great example. And uh, Leslie's going to be sharing us sharing her uh, her model with us on that episode. So that's the one that is coming up on the nineteenth of July. Now, just one other thing: if you're quick enough, if you're listening to this in real time uh, th- this Thursday, we have another one of our free webinars, helping employees understand your organization's big picture. Uh, we're going to be running that actually. This Thursday on the 23rd so if you're listening to this in real time the day the the day this episode goes out you've got just got time to register but if you listen to this afterwards we will be running more events coming up and you'll be able to see the dates for those uh, on the link that I'm just going to share with you now so if you go to the big go to the menu on our web on our website uh, when you get there and you'll see events and you'll see a couple of events listed um, one is the this the second one the bottom one is the is this web. Webinar. And there are multiple dates actually, so not only the 23rd of June, but we've also got one coming up on the 18th of August and the 20th of October as well. So you can sign up for for future events if you do miss uh, this this uh, the one that's coming up on Thursday. Anyway, I've spoken for long enough now, and let me uh, get you on to today's interview. <laughs> An area we've not covered on the show before is about charities. Charities are really interesting organisations in that a lot of people who work in charities are employees but they're also a significant number of volunteers. I was really interested to find out what it's like to be an internal communications manager or leader within an organisation that is a charity and what challenges that brings in terms of communicating with people who already have a very deep sense of purpose which is often why they work with the charity or volunteer for the charity added to that when these employees are, and volunteers are working in very chaotic situations borne out by the type of work that they are doing it's also in another interesting addition to the mix that we're looking at from an internal communications perspective so what channels do we use and how do we help people to understand their roles and responsibilities in delivering our overall purpose there's also the additional challenge of big changes that, that often are required in any organisation, but particularly then how do we bring those into a, a situation where we have volunteers and employees who, again, are driven by purpose. And in this interview, you'll hear all about the three principles that this particular charity used and how the internal communications team played a key role in actually helping employees to understand what those principles were and how they would fundamentally drive change that the change that the organization was looking for. So it's a really interesting conversation, both from the perspective that we're looking at a charity here and not an organization that is a traditional privately owned company with shareholders or a public sector organization, but an organization, as I say, which has a significant number of volunteers, but also paid employees who are very much engaged with the overall purpose of the organization. So I hope you enjoy this interview. My interviewee today is Faye Greason. Faye is Brand and Corporate Communication Manager at Changing Lives. Faye has a strong international HR background, experience in change management and people engagement working for organizations like Sainsbury's, Save the Children, BT and Mayborn Group. May, Faye, Mayborn, Faye is currently specializing in internal communication. So Faye, how are you?
1: I'm good thank you Craig how are you
0: I'm very well thank you Fate, where are you in the world just for our listeners so we know where, where we know to, how to position you today
1: yeah, I'm currently in Newcastle if you couldn't tell from my northeastern accent.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. And just down the road from me. We could have we could have probably done this interview face to face, but we uh, for practical reasons we've uh, we've decided to to do it over over the wire as it were. But yeah, just just down the road from me about 3 or 4 miles from where I am. Yeah, so <laughs> So I said you're working for Changing Lives. Now Changing Lives is a charity. So can you just tell us a little bit more about the organisation and a little bit more about your role please, Faye?
1: Of course, yeah. So um, Changing Lives is a charity now operating nationwide, um, which helps people who are going through life's most difficult challenges. So um, we operate across four main areas, housing and homelessness, addiction and recovery, women and children's services, and employment. Mm. We actually recently celebrated our 50th anniversary. Um, so we've been reflecting on our history a lot. And we started out as a very small charity um, in the Northeast called the Cyrenians, mm. helping people rough sleeping first through a soup kitchen and then through hostels and day centres but over time and particularly in recent years we've expanded um, both geographically and the services that we provided Um, so we're not just looking at homelessness in isolation, Um, a safe home is definitely the foundation to build a flourishing life but other factors like a job like freedom from addiction or abuse also play a vital role in building a positive future so mm. changing Eyes has kind of expanded its service provision to meet some of those other needs now operating nationally um and helping people to change their lives for the better in, in different ways
0: fantastic yeah so you're looking at the whole kind of touch points of, of people who find themselves in that sort of situation and how you can you can have a positive influence on that yeah Exactly. Yeah. So your role, as I said, is a brand and corporate communications manager. I guess yes. that, that sort of says what it does on the tin, but tell us a little <laughs> yeah. bit more about, about what that what that involves and, and what your role entails at the moment, your sort of day, day in the life of Faye.
1: Yeah, so my role covers three key areas, um, internal comms, wider corporate communications and brand. Mm. Um, so I'd say the main part of my role is internal uh, comms, and that's helping to make sure that the information is flowing and changing lives so that everyone gets the right information that they need at the right time mm. um, to be able to do their jobs effectively. Excellent. Um, and also obviously to keep people engaged feeling connected to the charity's purpose and and giving opportunities for people to have their views heard so that's the internal comms part Mm. the wider corporate communications so these are messages that are led or driven by internal teams, but might also be communicated to an external audience Mm -hmm. as well as having an internal aspect. So key examples would be fundraising or recruitment. Um, and having that breadth of responsibility is really interesting and I think really important as it means we can be very joined up in our approach mm. and um, you can get a lot of cross-pollination of kind of content and ideas from communicating with different audiences.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of I mean again a lot of organizations do have that um in internal comms They do have a either a shared uh, responsibility or reporting lines with the external comms and then sometimes yeah. that's due to due to size and resource but also sometimes I think it's a strategic decision because of um uh, the you know the fact that we do want our what we're telling people internally to to, to marry up with our external persona as well so I think that's that's really yeah. really good. And he, and do you find that that in general works or do you sometimes find there's some not not a conflict of interest but there's sometimes a bit a a bit of a a tension there between what you what what, what's been communicated or is it normally fairly harmonious in terms of the the messages
1: yeah I think it works really well and Mm. I've worked in internal comms teams with different reporting lines and and to me when internal and external work very closely together Mm. um it works really well yeah I mean ultimately at changing lives like what's important is the people who use our services so if everything kind of stems from that um there shouldn't be too much of an issue and i think both you know the internal comms and the external comms are quite focused on that in changing lives so it keeps us all in um working in the right direction
0: yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So, uh, so um I don't think we've had had anyone on on the show before, or then or, or, we may have done from a charity. So I think it's it's an interesting uh, context, and and what would are what the kind of focus of today's interview is talking about the role of IC and helping people to understand roles and responsibilities. So mm-hmm. I, I think just what would be interesting for for me, and I hope hopefully the listeners is to, is to think about. Um, when, when we're talking about what you're who you're designing communications for, and I'm thinking particularly here from from an internal communications perspective, what, yeah. what what's the current split between people in your organisation? Because all charities have volunteers, I guess, and, and so yeah. you, you you've got obviously you've got people on your payroll or are salaried and also volunteers. What what's the sort of current split in your organisation at the moment?
1: Yeah, so we have just shy of seven hundred employees at Changing mm. Lives. Okay. Um, and around 70 uh, volunteers at the moment on a monthly basis but that's kind of an ever-changing pool of people Mm. and I think also the number's probably a little bit lower following the pandemic because we weren't able to engage volunteers in the usual ways like we'd have a lot of volunteers in our projects actually working with people Mm. Um, and that face-to-face element dropped off over in COVID so we're kind of working to build that back up at the moment
0: mm. okay so that, that that's interesting so about about sort of you 90 know, percent paid uh, salaried and and 10 yeah. percent volunteers and and is that a balance that you, you as you say it's probably been slightly lower now because of the pandemic in, in our optimal times or pre-pandemic would that have been sort of slightly different ratio or
1: yeah mm. i would say in optimal times we'd probably be looking for double the amount of volunteers that we currently have mm. um and Yeah, because we have a lot of different projects, we've got over 100 different projects. Ideally, we'd have a volunteer presence at all all, or certainly most of those. Mm.
0: Okay. Okay okay um and um um, so give 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 us an idea of some of the challenges of communicating because i I guess every organization has challenges communicating with with employees um not every obviously not every organization has volunteers what 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 are what are some of the challenges you have when it comes to communicating with them i know when we had the pre-conversation you mentioned a few different areas where there were there were some unique challenges i think of, of of communicating particularly in your organization what are some of the challenges that that brings brings for you
1: yeah. So the majority of people who work for changing lives work in frontline roles mm. and their jobs could look very um, different depending in, on which project or part of the organization they work. In So we do have a core kind of um, uh, hub of our central services, which would be kind of more desk based jobs, you know, myself and the rest of the comms and policy team, finance, HR, etc. But um, the vast majority of people are out in frontline roles mm-hmm. doing jobs that could be um, outwork, outreach work to engage with people rough sleeping or supporting people in our accommodation project, our women's refuges or recovery centres. And as you can imagine, um, these colleagues aren't sat at a desk for the majority Mm. of the day. They are not only very busy, but they could be dealing with quite chaotic or emergency situations at Mm. any given time. So it makes it difficult to reach them consistently through traditional channels like the intranet or even through email
0: mm. so yeah so I, I can imagine I mean I've worked in operational environments and and and, and when you, you know when there's a lot of activity that like you say there's, there's a random element to the work that can be really difficult in terms mm. of all best laid plans and all of that trying to trying to, to communicate with them um, and, and and I guess also um, the, the you, you I would imagine an organization like yours tends to attract people who are very engaged by the purpose the the, the 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 role and maybe I don't know is it fair to say maybe less interested in sort of what mm. might be deemed the more corporate side of things are them they're more much more interested in the the people they're helping and supporting and 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 the and the, and the you know the kind of communities that are embedded within necess- not necessarily what's going on at HQ is mm. that is that fair to say
1: that's definitely fair to say yeah I mm. think a lot of what drives um people at Changing Lives is that the impact that they can see themselves making on people's lives directly and therefore some of the corporate stuff is probably less of a pull. Mm, mm. Um, I I think that's a a challenge as well on the kind of branding side of my role is how do we create an experience that feels like one change in lives Mm. because a lot of our projects are quite different and they have their own unique identity Mm. and people are kind of proud to work for um, Virginia house or for um, oak trees in Newcastle and um, getting them to sort of see the the bigger picture and feel like part of changing lives as a full organization and kind of drawing those connections between different services is definitely a challenge
0: yeah. 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 We, we just put out an episode, um, a few weeks ago about that, 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 that's sim- a similar topic in, in a different context. It was more, this was more of a, uh, a kind of co- a con- conglomerate of different businesses owned by a, a central business. But now their, their challenge was there was how to kind of, it's the dynamic tension, isn't it? Between the, the, uh, allowing people to have their local identity and, and pride to work in, in for their local business or local, um, division or local uh, you know in your context a local sort of community support element but but then then also to feel part of the broader changing lives uh, organization as well yeah. so how, how are there some of the ways that you you deal with those challenges the sort of chaotic uh people out in the field really mm-hmm. can be challenging to communicate with but also this this uh, this the nature of this um people being very driven by the purpose which is fantastic to have but also that, that can, i'm sure brings its own challenges as well how what how what are some of the practical ways that you, yeah. you deal with that Faye?
1: Yeah, so I think what we try and do is package information up in a way that's very easy to digest and um, consistent. So we send round a weekly roundup every Friday morning of what's going on across Changing Lives, which has a couple of key headlines, which is the big news, mm. and then a really brief summary of other news with kind of links to more information on our intranet so that at a glance, someone can at least get a sense of um, what's happening in the week yeah um we also try and use our channels um quite selectively so reserving things like all staff emails um or or leadership messages for really only messages that are urgent or strategically important so that people don't become kind of blind to those channels
0: yeah yeah
1: and then another really key thing and, and i think this kind of brings in the uh challenge of of engaging people in local projects with their own unique identity is where we have key messages to land we try trying to use a structured approach which involves managers so arming them with the sort of understanding and the Uh, Communication messages and tools to communicate to their teams often in person and to be able to add that local context to help land the messages.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we're doing that a bit, but I think that's something we can definitely do more of. And something I would like to do is set up a bit of a manager's forum where those. Uh, organisational updates and priorities can be fed into managers for them to then feed into their teams on a, on a more regular basis and not just an ad hoc basis mm. as it is currently done.
0: Mm. Yeah, we we've we've talked about this on a, a number of times and I think it's good to re- reiterate that the importance particularly in organisations operational organisations the role of line managers I think is absolutely critical in,
1: yeah. in
0: in 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 sharing information but not not just cascading it but actually in actually um being able to contextualise what 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 people are hearing for their local um, requirements as well, so that's a really really positive. I think mm-hmm. um, we mentioned you mentioned briefly about the pandemic, and I guess you know we 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 don't want to focus just solely on the pandemic. But you you mentioned that. Um, uh, when we spoke pre- prior to the interview, that, that the pandemic ad- did highlight some areas where you did need to change and that yeah. the IC played a key role in communicating that change. you can tell, tell a little bit more about about that, please, Faye?
1: Yeah. Um, so I don't think these issues were sort of, um, they weren't uh, purely pandemic related. Like no. they were pre-existing issues that so the pandemic kind of focused our our attention on them. Um, but when covid Hit, We had to adapt really rapidly to be able to continue running our services, um, which in some places meant introducing new processes or safety measures and in others, um, switching to virtual modes of of delivering services. But when other services were shut in, we were able to remain open and support um, the most vulnerable people in our communities through the pandemic. Right. And I think the speed at which we did this and, and made those changes um, proved that we are able to make and implement decisions really quickly when we need to, but that outside of a pandemic, that's not the way that we necessarily operate. Mm. Mm. I, I think the pandemic put the the power in the hands of people who are actually running the services as opposed to, you know, central functions or or the leadership team and that kind of showed us that we're not always solving the right problems in the right places and and we're potentially using a one size fits all approach that's not working for mm. for everyone mm. um so yeah it, it really drew our attention to the fact that um a more localized way of decision making is is, mm. is perhaps something that we want to take forward
0: yeah and what was the role that internal comms played in that? Did you, did you have a role in that, in that, in that transformation? Uh, not, not just the, 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 you know, obviously there was a, all, I think all internal communicators had a huge role in, in the, in the, the kind of practicalities of the pandemic, but, but the understanding yeah. this, this, this le- lesson that you learned from it, Well, how did, how, what role did you play in that and, and helping communicate that?
1: Yeah. So I think um, my role in that is really, been about listening to mm. operational teams and um, being part of the conversation, but also helping to open up spaces where um, central services and operational services can kind of come together yeah. uh, to talk about these issues. Um, and I, I think what we now have is a sense of um, what needs to change and what we'll do differently going forward and internal comms will, uh, probably the role of internal comms will step up to take even more of a, um, a place mm-hmm. in going forward.
0: Excellent. And you, you said when we uh, had our initial conversation, you said there were there were three principles that you used to guide this transformation. Um, and um, it'd be really interesting to know, you know kind of know what the, what they were, but also the role that the, again that you've you've played in helping communicate those. Faye.
1: Yeah. And um, so the three principles. The first one is um, putting being, becoming, belonging at the heart of everything that we do. And being, becoming, belonging is our um, theory of change. Mm. And it's how we help people build a more positive future by understanding and meeting them where they're at, and then helping them to kind of build on their unique strengths and potential and overcome some of the trauma they face in their lives. Um, and then um, building a sense of community and an infrastructure around them so that that change is, is sustainable. Mm. And that way that we work is. is um, It happens differently uh, depending on uh, the way that we're working with people, the different services um, that we provide, but it is consistently across all of our services. Um, So making sure that that is, you know, our purpose is really driving everything that we do is our first principle.
0: So, so being, becoming, belonging is, is the, is the kind of guiding tenet that you use when you're working with your, 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 you know, your clients, your, your end users, the people who you support. And are you saying that you've now, you've kind of applied that internally to yourself as well? Or or is it, you're saying that the, the purpose, that purpose, you've just reinforced that through, uh, that's the kind of key reason why we should be changing, why we should be improving as a, as an organization.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Less about everyone um finding, being, becoming, belonging. More about making sure that, like everything everyone does, is supported. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Being, becoming, belonging for the people we we work with. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's good to have that overarching north star, isn't it? In any organisation. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first principle. So that's like kind of connecting people and reminding people of that purpose. What was the What was the second principle? Yeah.
1: So the second one is. Front to back is the way that we work. So that's more about that localized decision making, solving problems where they're at with the people that they actually impact and not aggregating things to a level where the solution actually doesn't work for anyone. Mm-hmm and it, it's also about making decisions and prioritizing investments that are going to make the most difference to the people we work with
0: mm-hmm. and 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 then and i guess i mean, yeah i think that's fun it, it's a it's a it's a superb uh, it's a it's a you know it's a great idea and i've worked in organizations that have have, have always said that they, have said that that's their kind of way they want you know they yeah. want to decentralize things but actually doing it and how what are some of the challenges you've, you've faced there and actually being able to um you know kind of literally turn turn the organization around and make it you know in terms of the we're there to support the front line not vice versa because that's often the 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 challenge with that sort of thing isn't it
1: yeah yeah it's really hard because this way (laughs) of working doesn't necessarily come naturally and especially when you're under pressure it can be tempting to revert back to command and control Mm. um so trying to involve people in decision making and not kind of just uh, um, yeah, dictate when you're in a pressurized situation is hard. And I think, um, you know, we we've got a regular meeting in the diary where um, people you know, heavily involved in in this change work, come mm-hmm. together, and we kind we're very honest with each other about where things are and aren't working, and we kind of hold each other to account for actions that we've taken, or you know, communications that I've sent when people will say, I, "Could that have been a bit more yeah. participatory?" and yeah. um, Yeah, so we've got quite an honest and open dialogue, which I think is really important because it's a sort of to be successful. I think you really do have to keep checking yourself Mm. and checking each other um, because it doesn't just happen overnight. It takes a very conscious effort.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that level of you know a willingness to be to take feedback and recognize that we're not going to be perfect and we we need you know we need to calibrate ourselves and not just expect everybody to 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 pull into line and uh and and do this we've got to actually walk the talk as well i think is really important so that that's so i've got the first two principles in there so one was around the purpose about the being becoming belonging and we've got the second one which is about this front to back what was the third principle faye
1: yeah and the third principle is do no harm Mm. um so um being legal and being sustainable are our only constraints Mm. so that means we kind of have the freedom to do whatever works for us as long as we meet our obligations and and for us that's a lot about our commitments to kind of commissioners and and funders and Mm -hmm. also working within our budgets but otherwise everything's on the table
0: Okay. So, so do no harm. And that, I guess that that's, again, that's a really, um, it, it's a, it's a nice principle. It's kind of liberating, isn't it? It's, it's, it's being aware where the boundary, being aware of where the boundaries are. And then, but, but obviously that, but then being able to have the freedom to operate within those boundaries again, yeah. within reason to be able to deliver that, that, that end of purpose. Um, and I really like, I really like those three principles because they're very, they're, they're, ex, they're in a very human language they're not they're not yeah. they're not transformed into kind of integrity or or honesty and or, or you know they actually you, yeah. you humanize the language and you know being becoming belonging front to back and do no harm are are really nice they're kind of they're, they're very visual phrases even very though they're very short you can kind of imagine what that means and and has that been a part of the way that you've communicated those
1: yes yeah <laughs> absolutely mm. um although i would say it's constantly a challenge to make sure that we're speaking in the language that our teams would use and, mm. and not kind of being too conceptual or, or theoretical. Mm. Um, we know that a chedid lives, people really like kind of practical application. Mm. Um, so so I think we've got to a place where like we're nearly there with the language, <laughs> but we do need to be careful that we don't, you know, talk in, in terms that uh, – alienate people yeah yeah huge agony
0: no exactly a bit a bit too woo woo and a bit too uh yeah you've got it you, you I guess your people are very grounded and practical and you know kind of see and deal with some very challenging situations so you've got to you've got to be mindful of that as well um yeah. <clears throat> it sounds like you're on a on a on a journey Faye which I think all organizations are and sometimes recognizing that is, is really important but and there's still lots to work on so what what, what are you currently working on at the moment obviously we were you know we're still we're recording this just um hopefully in the, the kind of hinterland of the uh, of the pandemic now and now we can kind of see it in the rear view mirror but but what what are some of the challenges you've got even you know regardless of the pandemic and, and starting to get back to some normality there and and what are some of the other things you're going to be prioritizing and working on over the next few months
1: yeah so so with this um big top change that we're embarking on we have not taken a big bang approach we're trying to Um, introduce it more organically so that wherever you go in changing lives, people are talking about working with purpose, but in their own context. So um, still very much prioritizing, getting that message out there Mm. and really finding examples of where there's good practice going on and then um, showcasing them to the rest of the organization yeah so at at the moment I'm working on creating a mini library of of sized videos of people who've been involved with doing things differently and um what they've learned from that process and what the impact has been
0: mm, that's nice yeah uh, and where how we how will you, how will people consume that have you have you got a platform that they can is it just a case of just sending that out to them via um instant messenger or social media or how are you how are you gonna get those videos out
1: yeah, so we'll use our um, intranet to do that. And um, we have already created an, an area where there's different resources about um, this work. And, and so that will form an area on there. But we'll also use our other tools. Yeah, email and the weekly roundup to kind of point people towards that and try and drive. Um, some traffic there.
0: Hmm. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, that that that's really been really interesting. I think I think what I've taken from that is that um y- y- you know what what a what an amazing what amazing work you do, and I think that that you probably hear that all the time, but I think that that you know it's a, it sounds like you've got a really uh dedicated group of people doing some amazing work, and I think as I said when we when we talked about it, we've not interviewed anyone from a <clears throat> from a charity before, and and um. And I think that, that it's always fascinated me that how do you communicate and motivate people who are really purpose-driven and, and also sometimes where that may mean that we're having to sort of tell them things that they may think kind of contradict that purpose. So it sounds like you've done a really good job of making sure that that, that you keep those messages consistent. And I think those, those, those final three principles that you talked about, they're really good in terms of um, making sure that you've got some consistent principles, because I think, one of the mm-hmm. things we often find with change um, is that it can often get quite confusing for people. There seems to be so many moving parts, so many things going on, but for you to be able to just focus on three really core principles about really going to guide that change, I think is really refreshing. So anything, anything from you, Faye, that, that you wanted to, to say that I've, maybe I've not asked you the right question or I've not asked you a question that, that's relevant to, um, to the work that you're doing at the moment or, or anything else that, that you think is uh, would be of interest to, to our listeners?
1: Um, I think just, um, on this, uh, change that we're embarking on, um, kind of the speed at which we move is really important and, and especially working in a front to back way. Um, it's about being able to, um, put the energy behind the change and yeah. make sure that we're keeping mon- momentum but also create space and take enough time that people feel like they can shape it themselves yeah so I-, I do feel that that's an interesting um tension and one we have to keep uh pulling ourselves up on like are we going too fast do people yeah. feel like they're being done too yeah or equally are are we you know, keeping this going and, and not losing momentum on it. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think that is always a challenge, isn't it? Be- because, um, yeah, it's it's. A, I, th- I don't think the river is a, a a right a right. It's a bit like a thermostat. It's always kind of you know stay off or turn itself on to, to to keep the temperature right. I think it's like that with change, isn't it? I think it'll always be a bit too fast for some people, a bit too slow for others, and it's always trying to find that, that equilibrium. I think which yeah. is which is the challenge and. um, and I think you know the role that I see and and people like yourself play in the organization to be able to keep keep their finger on the pulse is really important, and being able to yeah. to be to make smart decisions around that
1: yeah, we're almost that temperature check of uh, yeah how people are feeling
0: the organizational thermostat there we go yeah. analogy <laughs> excellent well look that's been absolutely fantastic fate fate if people want to um reach out to you we may have people listening who are uh, you know working in in a, in a similar sort of area or, or something that, i'm sure there's many many things you've said that will resonate with them i'll, I'll put your linkedin profile into the um into the show notes for this, which will be on the website version of the, of the podcast. Is there anything else you'd like me to share? I'll, I'll put a link into, to the work to your changing lives website as well. If, if that's yeah. okay. That, yeah. That'd be
1: great. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. um, LinkedIn's the best way to get in contact with me, but um, uh, yeah, check out the work that changing lives are doing on the, on the website or on any of our social media, Twitter, Facebook, yeah. Instagram, LinkedIn.
0: Yeah. And if anybody wants to support you from a charity perspective is that is there a, a, again it'll probably have details on the website if people want to m- donate or if want to get involved is, there, is that is that clear from the website itself as well yeah
1: absolutely yeah, yeah. there's okay. a, a fundraising section on our website so okay please get in touch
0: fantastic fantastic well that's that's been absolutely wonderful, Faith. Thank you so much. Um, it's lovely to speak to you again, and um, I wish you all the best. I know you've got you've got you got some uh, your personal changes at the moment. You're moving moving house and and moving uh, where you live. So I know that's the, and and you were talking before we spoke about having to face the uh, ordeal of painting. So I wish yeah. you all the best with that. <laughs> thank you.
1: <laughs>
0: and uh, no, I, genuinely, thank you very much, Faith. Take care.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Craig.
0: Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. If you've got any ideas for episodes you'd like us to cover in future, you can email us at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk or you can use the feedback form at engagingic.com. If you're not already subscribed to the show via your podcast platform, please do so. And if you could leave a review for us, that would be absolutely fantastic. We have links to other episodes at engagingic.com. All of our previous episodes are available there. And if you're interested in our visual communication services our big pictures our learning maps our explainer videos and also our live graphic recording please get in touch with us again at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk thank you